Good day, everybody. Welcome back to Vulnerability Leads to Victory Season 2. It's your boy, Sean John, here in the building. Yes, we made it to Season 2. Thank you all to those of you who listened during Season 1, to those first 13 episodes, which had a range of stories and viewpoints. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm glad that you're here. If you are new to this, Welcome to the Vulnerability Leads of Victory family. Um, I am excited that you are here, um, even starting today, um, because the guest that we have today is, I know that they are somebody who definitely has a great story. Um, It is somebody who I've had the chance to interact with um, on so many different occasions over these past couple years. Uh, Someone, you know, I, I, I mean... They are a man of God. I like to call them they the bishop. They always got a wise word to say, always inspiring some folks. Um, I would like to say this that this guest is somebody who if you I compare them to like the 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 folks that are people who are strong after God's heart, but also they are really implanted into the world, trying to be influential in the culture and really make a difference. And so um, because of that, that's why I know you, you are going to uh, definitely hear some, some good thoughts from today's guest. Um, But just for those of you who are new again, um, before we really get to this guest, um, Vulnerability Leads to Victory is all about hearing people's stories of how vulnerability has played a factor into their life and led to some type of growth or victory um, or learning experience for them. So now that we have that, this guest is for today again uh, is none other than Sterling Ship. Uh, again, this is Sterling Ship. It was I like to call him the Bishop. Uh, that is a name that I've given him, not one that's self-appointed or anything like that. It's just because of uh, his connection to just his words of wisdom. So, Sterling, how you doing today? I'm doing good, brother Sean. How are you doing? <laughs> doing great, man. Doing great. It's been a a, a good time in between these first two seasons getting ready and so i'm glad to uh jump off this first season this second season this first episode of the second season uh with you i appreciate it i'm glad to be here and i can't wait to get started so we can start opening up yes 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 so um so sterling and i uh met through a program called uh b-man the black male excellence network um and so we connected through that it is a program um through the university of florida um and so it was an opportunity where for me as a facilitator as a professional staff member that works at um, a university to be able to connect um, with not just college students, but in this case, um, young black men um, who were trying to understand um, many facets of themselves and how uh, all their different identities and parts of themselves um, can um, experience growth, but also they can use that to be impactful into society. And so um, that is uh, kind of the main connection of how I've uh, been able to uh, get to know Sterling um, over these past uh, few years. And it definitely has been a, a joy, a joyful experience to, to say the least. So anything you want to add, Sterling? I just want to say that you definitely um, have played a significant role in my life. Uh, since you were my facilitator or a facilitator for B-Men when I first joined, um, I was looking for, in B-Men, I was looking for, honestly, just a group of guys where we could get along, but I had no idea what what we would end up um, growing as a group. We were, we were a family, basically. We were, we were a family. Um, and you just... You, you just made that more easy, honestly. So that's why I'm glad to be here. And I'm just so ready. Let's do this. No, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm, again, I'm glad to have you. And, it, and with these first few episodes, you all, 
Um, I am having some of the uh, the young men I work with through Big Men uh, just come and talk about vulnerability um, because it's been a subject that we have uh, touched on within that program. But also, um, if you're for those of you who are listening, possibly in the future, um, this first episode for season two is dropping on June fourth, and these first three episodes are a part of my. Uh, small just mini series journey to juneteenth um so for those of you who don't know juneteenth it's on june 19th um and so it is really the acknowledgement i won't say it's not a some people say it's a celebration it's the acknowledgement of really when black people and slaves knew that they were uh free they got the word in galveston uh texas and so you know a lot of times people hear about oh the emancipation proclamation and um and hearing that 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 was a a initial word but it wasn't until um and the june 19th that you know um when in 1800 when in Galveston, as I said, in Galveston, Texas, they're like, that's when the last group, that's when truly we were all considered free. But even today, we, you know, are kind of free-ish if you are seeing anything about uh, society. And so, yes, we are coming to the next kind of re-entry stages and reacclimation stages of the global health pandemic uh, known as COVID, but we still have been experiencing a pandemic before COVID and one that um, we are going to be experiencing after COVID with uh, racial and social uh, injustices. And so um, definitely that's just something that I, I encourage you all to, to take note on is understanding Juneteenth. So, with that, um, it, again, it's good to be able to talk to um, some of these uh, young Black individuals to just kind of hear how vulnerability has uh, affected them. And so kind of, you know, thinking about that, like, why did you say yes to the invite uh, to this podcast, Erwin? Well, to be honest with you, Brother Sean, three words. Vulnerability begets vulnerability. And okay. I understand as a black male in this in this age that we live in, we definitely 100% need to be vulnerable with each other. Mm. Now, I guess the question would be, what does that mean? Or why do we need to be vulnerable with each other? I would like to say that, you know, it's it's necessary. If we are not vulnerable with each other, then who will be? Mm. Mm. Yeah. No. Like you say, three three simple words. Vulnerability begets vulnerability. And so if we're not doing with each other, who else? Like that, y'all take that. That's that first nugget right there. Just really it is it's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. And so I won't I won't go too much further into that because I don't wanna get too far into things before we we start to hear the story, which I know is gonna bring out a lot more. So stay tuned, y'all. Stay tuned. With anything, you know, we try to make sure that folks understand kind of the background of what, where we're coming from. And so um, in this case, that background is, is really part of defining um, vulnerability. And so um, I don't like to have a, for those who are joining us this season, like I don't like to have a standard definition for vulnerability that I want each of the guests to kind of focus off of. I have my definition and then I really want them to be able to give their own definition or thought process on what being vulnerable or vulnerability means to them. So for me, um, just so you all know, I've kind of based everything um, with this podcast off of vulnerability being like the allowing yourself um, the the opportunity to experience kind of what you are experiencing in whatever state that is, whether that's you know spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, like just allowing yourself to to be there um, because too often we we have an experience and we try to fight through it. We try to push through. We try to um, be resilient instead of just uh, going with the experience and, and actually 
feeling um, what is going on or what just happened. And so that's kind of, for me, the definition I have. So uh, Sterling, talk to us about what is the, the definition or phrase or thoughts that come to mind when you hear vulnerability or being vulnerable? Well, my definition of vulnerability is this, the, the willingness to acknowledge your current circumstance and then seek help by any means necessary. Mm-hmm. And I, I, look, I, I think about it like this. I feel we all have obviously our different circumstances and different um, scenarios in life where we're, we're just torn or we're tired or we're just upset or we're going through something, whether it be, like you said, spiritually, emotionally, physically, financially, it could be anything. Um, but you first have to be willing to acknowledge that you need help and then go and seek that help from someone who can give it to you, whether it just be a friend, whether it be someone who's willing to listen, whether it be for me, God first and then family. That's what I that's the way I look at it. The willingness to acknowledge your current circumstance and seek help by any means necessary. No, that's good. I, I like that. Um you know, the, the seeking part, like I think not, I like the, the seeking part, but even more so I, I love the acknowledgement piece of that because, you know, you, you mentioned a God and I think, you know, there's scripture. There's the, one of the most quoted scriptures is about ask, seek, knock, like, you know, ask and begin to seek and you shall find yeah. knock and the door shall be open. Like, you know, and I think there's that piece, but it's, you have to have an acknowledgement of really like, you know, what am I, what am I actually going to ask, seek? What am I actually going to that person, that place to be able to um, get myself into? And I think that acknowledgement is you truly have to understand, not just say like I had an experience, you have to kind of feel within that experience. And like you say, seek, then um, kind of beyond like as the next step um, to to moving forward or moving through um, or moving even into that uh, vulnerable experience. So, yeah. No, that's Absolutely. good. That's good. If I, if, I can add, if I can add one thing, I would like to say that if we're not willing to acknowledge that we need the help, then you won't even know what to ask for. You know, we, we want to ask for help, but if you're not willing to acknowledge that you need help, you're not gonna even mm-hmm. get to that point. No, that's true. No, that, that definitely is is key, is, is acknowledging, um, you know, it, it, What's the word I'm trying to say? It, I think with just acknowledging, it truly sets you up for having a a greater experience when you seek, and that's where I I think that it is. Um, and, and with I say greater experience, I don't mean like that is necessarily going to. It's not about positive or negative. It's about fruitful. Because sometimes being vulnerable can be a painful experience, but it can be a fruitful experience because you're able to get a lot of things out. But again, it starts with that acknowledging some of those initial um, starting points of, of what you are trying to 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 um, get into. So, yeah, no. Definitely, I appreciate that definition. That's one of so far. I would say that's definitely one of the, one of my favorite ones I've heard uh, thus far in this uh, podcast journey. And uh, as as people know, I don't have favorites. Uh, so for me to put a title of favorite on something, it definitely has had to have some type of impact on me. So uh, I look forward to seeing how you use that definition uh, when we get uh, into talking about your story um, in just a few seconds here. Talk to us about, um, Sterling, what is your 
vulnerability leads to victory story? Like, what is that um, experience or or series of experiences that you have had that where you had to be vulnerable and you had some type of learning opportunity or some growth moment, um, or in this case, as I call victory? Well, it began back in, I would say, let's say the early 2008. So obviously, yeah, early 2008, I was seven years old. Um, I am an only child and I am the only grandchild on both sides. So people always say, oh, you're spoiled. <laughs> but I'm also, I'm spoiled, I'm blessed. I am extremely blessed. Um, but it's also where, you know, I guess I'm the one that my parents and that my grandparents um, all look to, to ensure, you know, they all look to me to make sure that I'm doing the right thing, Mm. you know, and that's, that's a great thing. It's pressure, but it's a great pressure. But more specifically in that year, uh, my parents, they were going through a rough time with their marriage. And in late 2008, they got divorced. And I was, like I said, I was only seven. I was turning eight in November of that year. And they got divorced around that time. And I didn't really understand it. You know, I wasn't even sure if I was in like emotional pain. I was just like going through the motions. And it's a, it's a whole experience. You know, a divor- divorce is, divorce is, is different and it's hard. It's, and it's unique for every um, every circumstance, every different couple. But for me, it wasn't. It was more of an emotional pain than anything. Um, and then a couple months later, my great grandmother passed away, and oh, that hurt me so hard. That that hit me like a like a truck because my great grandmother and I had a great relationship. She was this wise, this really, really, really wise woman who I love going to the store with and following her around and, you know, jumping in her um, shopping cart when I was little and everything. And I remember a lot of experiences with her when I was very, very young. I don't know how I remember this, but I remember her making me go out on the side of her house and go in and get some switches, the little twigs up a tree, and bring it back to her. <laughs> and she wouldn't, she, she wouldn't whoop me with it. She wouldn't. But she would basically take them from me. And she would say, now you listen to your great grandmother now, okay? She would like, she would like kind of like tap me on my hand very, very, very lightly, just to show me that she was in control, basically. <laughs> show me that she had the upper hand. You know, that she could make me, it's all out of love, but that she could make me go on the side of the house and go get what she wanted, come back and to respect her. And I always respected her, always have. And I remember right before she passed away, um, she died, she passed away of stomach cancer, but she lived to be 89 years old. So she lived a long life. Um, so I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that I had eight years to, to spend with her. Right before she passed away, um, the last words she said to me again, the very last words she said to me, because after she said, it, she said them to me, I walked out. I, I couldn't, I, you know, I, I had to leave. I, I was, you know, I was young at the time. I wasn't really sure what was going on, but I knew that she was sick. But the last words she said to me were, you listen to your great grandma now and you respect your great grandmother. And <laughs> that always stuck with me, you know? So, I uh, walked out of the room, I guess a couple days later, she passed away. And that was a very, very hard time because like I said, a couple months before that, my parents got divorced. And then, you know, it's, it's, it's just all this happened at once, you know? Um, and that was very hard. And luckily, well, not luckily, cause I don't really believe in luck, but I can say that my, my parents, they made sure that I grew up in the church. So mm-hmm. with that being said, I turned back to that. At eight years old, they were still taking me to church, obviously. Um, 
the my my pastor is my godfather, my grandmother. She works in that same church. So I had a family church, a connection. But most importantly, I had a true experience around that time when I started really like praying, learning how to pray at a really young age, like praying hard, you know, depending more on God than people. Because I trusted, obviously, my family. I trusted my friends. But like I said, I was young. And it just felt like God was the one I was supposed to turn to. And he is the one who I turned to. I was with him before. But at this moment, that vulnerability, (laughs) that willingness to acknowledge that I was in pain, that I was in emotional pain, it's what made me seek God. Mm. And I I can gladly say that it all worked out. I'm not saying that I'm a perfect human being. You know, I would never call myself Bishop. <laughs> but I, I am completely, I am completely 100% grateful to God that I had a fam, that I have a family who raised me in a good Bible-based, you know, godly church full of imperfect people, but people willing to acknowledge and realize that they are imperfect and continue to see God and continue to raise up the children in the church to see God and to try not teach them how to pray, but guide them to their own way of prayer. Mm. And that vulnerability, like I said, that vulnerability just, it kept pressing me and pushing me forward to do what I knew I needed to do. And that was trust in God. And all of that led to, it all led to my favorite scripture being Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. And trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not into thy own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. And honestly, that vulnerability allowed me to seek God. It allowed me to trust God. And ever since then, God has been guiding my steps. He's been guiding my steps way before that. But I guess at that moment when all of that was going on, all of that emotional pain was going on, that's when I realized that God was guiding my steps. And, you know, so just continue to trust him. And that's what I've been doing. And that's how I believe I am on the I'm on the journey to victory. You know, I'm I'm not there yet. You know, I'm not perfect. Obviously, I'm not, you know, but I am definitely on that journey to continually continually every single day moment by moment trusting in god no thank you thank you thank you for sharing that um and i and i think that that last piece is you know even that last line of just you're on that journey to to victory and um and that's what i hope we we all are uh moving towards um eventually like just getting on that that journey to to victory and really understanding what that journey looks like for each of us as individuals. Um, I think here specific with your story, like one of the key pieces that I, I really just got, I just kept hearing this, this, this thought in my mind, this phrase of like vulnerability, you know, it, it, it has to be a trusting experience. And so, like you said, your, your favorite scripture is, you know, Proverbs three, five to six, like trust in the Lord. You know, I, I think that is something that um, if you say you are a believer, if you say that you are uh, a disciple, like you, you have to um, trust in your creator. You have to trust in the one who um, is defining your life, who's writing the story, um, that the story is being written in the way that like that it is that he's writing the story um, and it's happening in the way that he wrote it. Um, and I think that's a, a tough experience, especially in your case where you're like, you know, you, you say you're a, a single child, you are the only child, like you are, you know, parents divorced. And I think sometimes people, you know, look at that and they're like, well, it, 
I, I know some people I've heard over the years like, well, if there is a guy like, why did this happen? And if there's this, if there's a guy like, why did this happen? And I think that gets to that vulnerability has to be a trusting experience because even when you have experiences that are tough like that, you know, with um, parents um, separating um, and you having to, you know, experience that in the way you did it, it does. It, it creates all different aspects of not even a, a who do you trust, but a how do you trust. And I think in this case, how you did that was you said, I am going to seek God and understand that if I trust God, he's going to show me how to seek out, how to acknowledge um, what it is that needs to be acknowledged and seek the resources and the the things that need to be sought out um, so I can uh, continue to be vulnerable. And so it's this, this cyclical experience that you, you are having um, uh, along the way. Completely agree. And I, I would like to just add that, you know, there's nothing, I guess, nothing wrong with this saying, but I hear it all the time. And for me, in my personal experience, this saying would not have worked for me. The saying goes, trust the process. And I always look at it as that, that, that saying isn't wrong. But for my personal experience, if I were to trust the process, if I were to trust the process during 2008 and the beginning of 2009, Trusting the process would have, in my personal experience, it would have meant to allow that divorce that your parents had to give you peace and allow the death of your great grandmother to give you peace and allow the pain that you're going through to give you peace. But I look at it why trust the process when you can trust the one who controls the process Mm. and that's god and that's basically what was done that's what i did um not saying i did it perfectly not saying that i knew what i was doing because i was only eight um at that time but i i guess i guess i can just say that you have to just know what know that you need the help and for me you have to go to the one that knows go to the one that knows what you need and that was god for me so trusting the one who controls the process for me made more sense than trusting the process no that's 100 true like to give i think to give another kind of thought process with like Trust in the process, you know, for those of you all who are sports people or not, like, you know, the the team, the basketball team, the Philadelphia 76ers, they, for years, they had all these top draft picks, had a coach, everything like that. And their whole mindset was, you know, trust the process, trust the process. And I think the thing is, is over time, like, that trusting the process has not gotten them to any NBA championships. It has not gotten them to an NBA finals. And it, and it's not this, but it's, that's not to say that they have been a, a bad team. I think the thing is sometimes we say we trust the process, but eventually how long do you trust the process? Like, as you said to you, this happened to you in early 2000s and it's now 2021, like, you know, over, we can at least say it's over, you know, 10 years since you, you know, had this experience, like, that would be really tough for someone to be like, yeah, just trust the process. And year after year after year, you're just like, I still, I'm trusting the process, but I don't feel at peace. or I don't feel this. I'm not understanding what I'm supposed to be getting. So I like how you said that, you know, I chose, you're like, I chose to trust the 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 one who created. Like I, I decided to truly put my trust where my trust needed to be put in. And it wasn't the process. It, it was, in this case, the person who, you know, the spirit of the person who, who, you know, really has this situation and understands how this situation is truly going to play out. And I think that is for you, it, it's, 
um, been good to hear how during this time, how you've been learning from this and the ways that you have kind of thought about the connections that you you have had with um, individuals like, you know, your great grandmother, your grandmother, um, your godfather, like, you know, and and so many others, because I think that is the you've acknowledged what has happened and you've been seeking kind of insight from them as well and from but mainly from God in terms of how to navigate um, this experience. Um, and so I think that is, I think that's something as well that is huge because within that, there has to be a lot of vulnerability. Like if you truly want to kind of move forward, um, you you have to be vulnerable in that. Um, because even if it is like, I think sometimes we think, well, it's like, that's like family, you know, that's, you know, it's, it's people that know me, it's people that get me, understand me. But at the same time, they don't, you, things need to be said at times for the full understanding to be put out there. And it also gets to, by saying it, it gets to what you talked about earlier with your definition. Again, that acknowledgement um, piece of kind of what you, um, what's really going on with you. Um, and so definitely like, you know, I think that is something that um, is a, is a, a tough experience. And, um, and I can say for myself, like, it's going to sound me too-ish, but it's not meant to be, but it's, I, I, I won't go into full depth because that's not what we're here for. But I remember when my parents uh, separated, uh, they're back together. I remember when they separated and when I reflect upon it, divorce was never on the table, but for a kid who sees their parents separating, you think that, and it's, I remember in that moment, someone said to me, trust, just trust the process, trust that things are well. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. no, like these are my, my parents. These are people who I love and adore who have taught me so much and everything like that. And so I think, but it wasn't until, and that's how tight I get, it wasn't until I truly had sought out some folks in the church to pray with me, to give me some guidance on how I should process this and me being vulnerable about why it was affecting me so much is that's when I began to grow. That's when I began to kind of understand what was going on. And um, and I think in some ways, as I have heard you talk, like, as you as you have sought out, like, God, like, that's really where you've been able to um, truly understand uh, what really trusting looks like. Because as you said, the, as the verse says, trust in Lord with all thy heart and lean not to your own understanding. I think that's the thing is, as well, is, is exactly. trusting it's not getting caught up in your own mindset about here's what I read about this. Here's that the statistics say that children of divorce pay this, this, this. And then no, like it's God, like, what do you have? What do you have for me in this situation? Like you, you're writing the story. So, um, you know, let me live out the story the way that you see me living out this story. So yeah, that's good. Exactly. And that um that in the verse where it says, do not lean on your own understanding, trusting in the process, to me, is that exactly what it's saying right there in that verse. Do not mm-hmm. leaning on your own, do not lean on your own understanding. That trusting in the process for me would have been leaning on my own understanding. And that would not have worked. I know it would not work because I've tried, I've tried, like I said, I'm not perfect. I've tried many times to lean on my own understanding and it Mm -hmm. does not work. It does not work. It doesn't work. So, yeah. No, it is so, it is so, so true is that when we sometimes, um, 
we try to do it on our own. I, I think it's because it's hard to be vulnerable with yourself. When you're talking to yourself, you you know what you've gone through, but it's it's hard to be vulnerable with yourself because you can always be reserved with yourself because you, you don't want to, as you start to, you know, bring stuff, more stuff up and acknowledge more stuff, it's going to make you feel some type of way. You might get to the point where you're like, no, I don't want to feel like that right now. Um, and so I, I'm just not going to, I'm, I'm just not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go there. Like, or God is like, Hey, you're, if you're trusting in me, then I need you to do this. Like, I need you to have that reverence towards me, that respect, like that, that piece. That's why, I, you know, that, that key piece. One of the things I just think about now is like, when you talk about your great grandmother would have you go get a switch, but like, she never hit you, but it was that, that respect and reverence she wanted you to have. And you're like, I don't want to go get a switch. Like, I don't know. Each, each time you like, could this be the time? Like, could, she didn't do it last time, but could this be the time? And I think that's the thing is like, but why not have that same mindset with God of like, if we, you know, go, if if, if we're saying that God is the person we're going to trust in, um, then why not go each time and being like, is this the big breakthrough blessing that I've been praying for, hoping for, that I've been, you know, for all that I've been vulnerable through? Is this it right here? Um, and, you know, I, and I think that's the thing is along the way, um, the blessings, you know, build up. Um, to greater, and there's such an overflow um, because as that that passage of scripture ends, is he will direct your path, and that's what it is at the end of the day. Is is that um, you know this journey is your is the journey that yes is your journey, but it is ultimately God's story where you are the person walking the path being directed by him and that's that's ultimately how um so if you're going to trust any process trusting his capital h i s his uh process um is is the one that should be done so so no, I, again, I, I appreciate you sharing that story and that insight because it opens up to to so much more uh, about like how are you honestly being vulnerable because you can be vulnerable to people, but if you are a believer, if you if that's what you you hang your hat on, um, if you want to be more than your name tag saying hello, I'm Christian, like if you really want to live that out then you have to be vulnerable to the person that created you to be vulnerable um, to begin with. So, yeah. Right. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So, so kind of with, with thinking about your story, like how do you think, like what, like what are thoughts that are different aspects of your story that you, you think about and you could, you know, take from, in order, you know, thinking about how does this affect, um, like, the Black community as a whole? Like, thinking about, you know, how, where we are now in times of society, like, how do you see, in, you can use part of your story on, or just your general thoughts on, like, um, vulnerability and its effect on the Black community as a whole right now? Oh, boy. I feel that, well, if we, if we go back and look at a little bit of history, I'm not a history buff, but I no, a little bit, I guess. I can say that at times where talking about the Black community specifically, at times when we were the most vulnerable with ourselves, with each other, is when we made the most progress. Mm. Because people look at Dr. King, they look at the civil rights movement, you know, all the protests, the sit-ins, all the legislation that was written up, all of the speeches and the marches and everything. And they see the front, they see the, they see what's shown, but behind the scenes, people have to realize Dr. King was also a preacher, obviously, if you realize mm -hmm. that. He 
didn't just leave his Christianity, his faith behind. That was a pivotal part, a crucial part in the civil rights movement that got us where we are today. There were a lot of praying church mothers and praying women, black women specifically, in the churches praying while they were out marching. And if anybody understands the importance of prayer and anybody understands the significance of prayer, that wasn't just done for show. They were there sometimes into the late of night when people were outside still protesting, still marching, still out in jail cells. They were there at the churches praying, organizing, being vulnerable, trying to figure things out, but most importantly, trusting in God. And they had those prayer meetings, those prayer sessions, these organization, um, all these meetings in churches, black churches. Mm. That vulnerability allowed for the civil rights movement to progress to the point that it did. Now, obviously, there were many imperfections and there will always be mountains and valleys and everything that we do because we're human and because this is life. There is no perfect scenario, you know, but being vulnerable back then worked. So why can't it work now? So for us, black people going through what we're going through now with, you know, institutional racism and systematic oppression and everything. It's just so much that I guess was on our shoulders right now as people of color. But if we would take all of the the negativity and the any of any hatred or any animosity or anything that is not going to allow us to unify and not always agree because even back then during those times in the civil rights era they did not always agree no one said they did but if we can at least be vulnerable with each other that will put us in a position where we can listen to each other and figure out what is the common good what is the common denominator that we need for us as a community so that we can continually do better and better and progress. And I have to be careful when I say us as a black community because we're not a monolith. We are not all, you know, the same in every aspect. Yes, we share commonalities. Yes, there are some things that we all might experience, but we are all different in our own regard. Um, And that's why we have to be vulnerable because for anybody who thinks that we are all the same is not they're not you're not listening. Mm. Anybody who thinks that your that your circumstance brother Sean and my circumstance are the, are the exact same because we're both black men are the exact same like identical? No. We might get treated a little bit differently. We might I don't know. It's it depends on everyone's individual circumstance, but we still with those differences should and must come together and be vulnerable with each other. No, that's really good because I think that you, you, um, you know, you, you talked about so many, many different um, pieces there that I really, you know, I'm just kind of reflecting on myself, especially one of those last pieces of you just talking about like, we are not a, a monolith, um, you know that, and we we have so many different experiences. Um, you know, I, I think of, you know, I I think of this one piece of one of the things that came to mind is, um, you know, my wife is uh, Jamaican, and so um, she's she'll say like, yes, I'm black, but she's like, I'm Jamaican, and, and one of the things that you know, for people who you know know Jamaican culture, they've heard this. What I'm going to say, but just even hearing this before I met her here, and hearing this. While I'm there, I've gotten such a deeper understanding of this. And I, as you were just talking, um, Brother Sterling, like it, it came to mind. It's like out of many one people, 
Like, you know, we have to like have this thought of like, there's many different types of, of, of people that identify as, as black. There's many different shades, many different cultures. Um, and so, but we, if we unify, if we can unify um, under this umbrella of, of blackness, of black culture, um, then it, it allows us to, from there, say, okay, we know we, we recognize we have the differences, but how do we use this um, to, to truly be great and, and really push the, the society forward? Um, and I think that, as you talked about, with specifically looking at it from the, the civil rights era, like I, I really think is, you know, they had to risk take a lot of risk. And some of that was risking exposure of themselves. Cause when you put yourself, especially for the, the, the Malcolm X's, the Martin Luther King's, the, um, you know, the, the, um, uh, Reverend Jesse Jackson's like all those, like everybody, all the big names, like you, there was a risk of exposure. Cause you put yourself out there, you under a lot of like people are going to, you know, try to find ways to, to, to bring you down but when you allow yourself to 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 be vulnerable, you risk exposure. Like it opens yourself up to also be used as a light um, to to brighten society as well, and to inspire and impact um, and be influential um, with so many other people and so many other. Uh, groups and bases and identities, even outside, in this case, even outside of the Black um, community in, in, in those ways. And so I think that's the key piece as you talk about with the, you know, how does being vulnerable affect the Black community? Like, you know, the way that, you know, vulnerability unifies um, folks, but also inc- it encourages us to um, to s- acknowledge and seek out what is different about us to um make our communities um, even greater uh, and, and what is and that that's something that we got to do you know every day um, and that vulnerability just allows only allows our stories because that's what this is about everybody's I talked about race like you're gonna hear you the first season was 13 episodes this season is gonna be you know 10 plus episodes of people, talking about stories of vulnerability, but all of them are going to be different. And therefore, like, it'll open up and allow opportunities for people to hear, like, I can connect with this, but maybe the person you connect with doesn't look like you. Um, Or maybe the person you connect with does look like you, but you're like, wait, we don't, I don't share the same experience, but for some reason I resonate with their story. Like, that's what it is, is that, you know, you have to allow yourself to get to that space and risk exposure. Um, and I think that's what was happening during some of our high points of, of activism um, in society. And so I would definitely encourage folks as well, um, truly become active activists um, when it comes to uh, you know building up the, the black community. Um, but also know when you become an active activist, it's going to create some level of uh, vulnerability that you're going to need to step into. So, no, thank you. Thank you for answering that question. Any other thoughts on that one? Uh, I guess I could want to say one last thing. Usually the things that, how can I put this succinctly? When people, when, when black people were enslaved, we were taught to, we were basically, we were taught to be strong, to fight. We were strong, we were taught that physical strength is everything. Let me put it like that. We were basically molded in a way that physical strength is everything and that anything dealing with the mind would be considered in a category as weak. And I would say right now, it's important that we are all realizing 
continually realizing that strength is really what you make it, but Mm -hmm. strength, there is strength and vulnerability. There's strength in opening up. Mm -hmm. There's strength in allowing other people to know how you let them know how you feel being straightforward and forthright and not covering it up. You know, you have to just be open and let your circumstance, let your scenario, let your testimony, let your story be heard because your opinion matters, your thoughts matter, and your mental health matters. Truth, truth. I'll end this section with this, with what you're just talking about. There's strength. There is, I agree with you, there's strength and vulnerability and opening up. And I will, and it's not, being vulnerable is not a sign of weakness. And so what I think about it is, um, in some ways, when we get a cut on our hands, so they say that you have to allow some air to get to it at times. And that is an exposure. That is, in a way, allowing the wound to be vulnerable. You, you're, you're opening it up and you, you have to think about, well, what if more germs and different things get in there? And so I'm just going to keep a Band-Aid on it. But that's not, scientifically, that's not the most, and medically, that's not the most healthy thing. And I think that when we come to it from a mental aspect that, you know, you can try to to cover up, you can try to, you know, build strength and do every physical strength as much as you want. But if you don't allow yourself to, to mentally breathe, or as I like to say, to exhale before you inhale something, inhale more of what's going on inside, like, then ultimately you aren't setting yourself up for, um, you know, a fr- for fruitful experiences in the way that you could be. And so I definitely, um, I enjoy kind of, I, re- I really enjoyed this part of our conversation. And so I could tell we can go on and on and on and on about it. Uh, and so, but I definitely want to get to what a lot of our uh, listeners enjoy, which is uh, talking about any tips that people have. So uh, we'll be coming back to you all in just a bit. So as I talked about that, people enjoy hearing about the different tips um, that folks have uh, uh, for the listeners in terms of being able to be vulnerable or face vulnerability. So in this case, just uh, Sterling, like here's what two to three tips you might have for um, the listeners on how they can uh, navigate their uh, vulnerability journey. Well, I guess it goes back to my definition of vulnerability. Um, I guess the first tip would be be willing to acknowledge that you need to be vulnerable. Um, if you're if you're willing, if you are willing to be vulnerable, then you have basically gotten halfway there. You know, that's the first thing. The second thing I would say is find someone who you can be vulnerable with. And for me, that's God and my family in that order God and then family because not that my family can't help me it's the fact that I know that God helps them so I need to go to the one that they go to as well you know I need to go to the one that I know is controlling the, my circumstance and controlling their circumstance. And that is allowing the things that happen in our life to, uh, to happen. And who, you know, he allows us to do certain things. So I need to find who that person is or who that is. For me, it's God. And the third tip, the third tip would be be willing be willing to know or be willing to acknowledge that this vulnerability is a journey. You know, you're not going to get it right. There is no manuscript blueprint, uh, correct 100% instructions for your life and how you need to be vulnerable. It's a journey. 
because everyone's circumstance is different. Everyone has different um, things going on in their life. Everyone has different, um, you know, factors that just contribute to the different pain you might be feeling or the stress you might be feeling. Um, so you have to just be willing to acknowledge that you're not going to get it right all the time, if at, if at all, honestly, if we're going to be completely honest. I mean, the part of vulnerability is recognizing that, okay, I might not be able to do this the right way and I need help. I need, I need assistance. I need guidance. I need someone to lead me. I need someone I can trust in, you know. That is important. That's important. Realizing that, you know, we're not perfect, that it's going to be a journey, that no matter what you think or what you're told, um, yes, we can be strong. Yes, we can. We have to keep pushing forward. Yes, um, we can trust in God. But even God says you're going to have to go through some tough times. And that's the part of the journey. So those are my three tips. No, all of those are some amazing, amazing tips that you you brought up, especially that, you know, that second tip about like really who you are like seeking that that guidance from. And you said God and family. And I think some of y'all might be thinking, well, you know, I don't have a relationship with God and everything like that. But what I want you to understand is, is that then let that first person be therapy. Let that be something I think too often we go to friends and family first, sometimes when they are not the best thing. And, I, and I'll and i say it like, and this is a, a sarcastic thing, but it's also the truth that in the Black community, sometimes for folks, you know, we have that, that stereotypical joke of, oh, what's the cure-all? Robitussin and ginger ale and naps. Like, you know, we, I think for years, like, you know, we don't talk. I think in many ways that like in the black community, we don't talk about going to get medicinal help. Like we don't we don't talk about going to a doctor, whether that's a, a physical, like a, a med doctor, a therapy, a dentist, like mental health, like a psychiatrist. Like we don't we don't talk about that. And so what I think about is, is that, you know, because we don't talk about that. I think that's where it gets to then that we don't go and talk to God sometimes because there there's like, oh, I, I it's like we're not ready to hear it because we may not hear from God what we want to hear. As it goes back, as you said earlier, like trust in the Lord, you know, it, lean on to your own understanding. Sometimes if we go to God or we go to a therapist, they're going to give us an exercise or something to do. And it's like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. So I'll go to my friend because they're my best friend since the sandbox in kindergarten. And they're going to understand me and they're going to tell me do something. They're going to tell me, yeah, that's what you should do. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do that. And we look at it and we we end up in a cycle of um, of not having a fruitful experience. The last thing I'll say with your tips is that I really like is that with the the last tip, but really how you talked about vulnerability as a journey. Man, I wish I could have everything you said bottled up to really explain even more so vulnerability leads to victory because I think too often, again, like when I say victory, you all, this is not about winning or or losing. This is this is about mm-hmm. understanding the growth because mm-hmm. if you have an experience, if if we are still feeling you know, in 2031, the same way about um, going through a pandemic, a health pandemic, you know, as we are now, some of the things that came with that, then that is something that we would we would need to individually explore. But if along the way, we're like, okay, I navigated, this is what happened to me during this time. And I navigated this and I, I had a breakthrough on this. And I navigated this and I had a breakthrough on this. I still don't feel as as happy. I still don't feel, I still have moments of sadness. That is fine. But are you having breakthroughs and moments of understanding and growth and learning along the way? And that, you all, is the, the journey towards becoming victorious um is those those breakthrough those breakthrough moments um there 
So, so no, definitely. I appreciate those tips. You all make sure y'all bottle those up, write them down. If you need to pause the podcast here and go back and write those down on a sticky note, on a note card, dry erase board, put a, uh, you know, a note in your phone, whatever you got to do, um, go ahead and write those down now. So, uh, as we begin to wrap up this uh, first episode of season two, uh, any final thoughts that you have, uh, Sterling, that you want to say out there? Anything that you want to uh, promote? Anything that you're working on or connected with, or just anything you want to add or touch on again? I just wanted to say that um, you mentioned something earlier about if you don't believe in God and there are, I, we all have um, many people in our lives who don't. And like I said, it's, it's a journey, you know, um, as a, as a Christian, it's, it's a journey. Like I said, I am not perfect. I no way, no way, no way perfect. Um, But I am grateful that I have a God who is perfect, who the only true God who is perfect, who is willing to listen. Um, one of my friends, Kai, he always says that there is no relationship in eavesdropping, that basically prayer is necessary for building a relationship with God. Like God, basically what he's saying is God already hears what we're saying. He hears our thoughts and he hears what we're saying, but there is no relationship in that. If you don't believe in God, but you want to, but don't know how, I would just say from like personal experience, just whether it be close your eyes or just whether it be a, a word you say out loud, just be like, God, if you're there, I need help. Like speak to me and be willing to be willing to be, be willing that God might he might speak to you in a way you might not think he would. So be willing to be open. So just be open. You know, mm-hmm. if, you, if you can just say out with your mouth, you know, if you can just speak it out and say, God, I need help. I don't know if you're real. I don't know if you're there. I don't know if you're listening. I hear about it all the time. I see it on TV. I hear about it in some songs, but I've never experienced you. I don't know if you're really listening to me right now or not. But just get it out of your system. Speak it out. And I promise you will hear something. You will, you will, you will hear, you will experience something. It might not be on your time, your timetable. It might not be when you want it to happen, but you will experience something if you are truly open to that relationship. No, that's good. It, I, I mean, the only thing I add to is as I, the way I think of it, as you were just saying, it came to mind. It's like, if if that's if that's a relationship that you are truly seeking out to begin initially or to um, redefine or uh, to reengage in, like be vulnerable in your conversation and um, with God, like and and it's it's and being vulnerable in kind of like really what you're experiencing. Like if you're upset, if you're frustrated say that like it's better to say that than to than to try and then to not have the conversation at all um because it's it's you got to start somewhere um when you are trying to to when you're trying to communicate with anybody you got to start somewhere um you know and so i think that is where it is is that you got to start there and as as uh as sterling said like you know that that prayer piece is that communication. That is the starting point um, with redefining, reengaging, or beginning um, that relationship. And so, um, so no, I definitely appreciate you you bringing that up and and touching back on that um, as well. And so, um, 
you know, it's been a pleasure to have you on this uh, episode. Uh, overall, I'm glad I got to kick off season two uh, with you. Um, you know, you definitely have me thinking about some different things that I, I know I probably will bring up in later episodes during the season, but definitely within the the next two episodes with uh, some of your fellow uh, brothers from the B-Man program as we dive more into this. Uh, so as I talked about you all, this is um, the first of a kind of three episode part about uh, Journey to Juneteenth. Um, I know I kind of gave you some little highlights earlier about Juneteenth that I uh, did what I could with. I'll put some other kind of links in the uh, bio for that for you all because, um, you know, there's that. But the other piece of what I, I would say is, um, folks, uh, one, Juneteenth should be a national holiday, um, but I won't jump on that high horse right now. But two, if you are like, if you're like, what is, I, I still just want to know Juneteenth. Two, don't go to the the black person or the black friend, the black coworker, whoever that you might know or be connected with and it, it and expect to get the answer from them. One, because in, in all sincerity, it's not the the right thing to do in general when it becomes being when it comes to being educated about things within the black community connected to black culture. That's just the first thing. Like you there's plenty of resources out there that you could Google or look up or gain an understanding of Juneteenth. And two, if we're going to be honest, as you talked about earlier, Sterling, like us being the black culture is not a, a monolith. Not everybody in the black community knows what Juneteenth is. Right. And so that's the thing with itself. So I think there's, there's that piece um, as well. But ultimately um, what this comes down to is um, knowing Juneteenth is about um those that were enslaved um, being becoming fully free. Um, I encourage you all uh, that to to think about the practices and the communities, the businesses, the organizations, and things that you are connected to that are disenfranchising that are that are bringing down that are not necessarily uplifting. Um, the black community and communities um, of color, like in, in minorities, like I, I encourage you all to think about that. But specifically, right now, specifically the the black community um, as well. So, um, so you all, as we begin to wrap up and close this episode. Um, I just want you all to just get ready for such a fun season we're getting ready to have. Um, I am truly hoping to have uh, some, you know, great guests on this season. I just truly know from those that have confirmed with me that we're going to have some great voices. Um, I'm even putting out there, I want to get some celebrities on this uh, podcast this season because I just know there is some stories that they can tell that they may have not necessarily had the uh, found the right platform to tell them through and why not use vulnerability leads to victory and so um once again i thank brother sterling i thank you all for listening please as i say like subscribe but most importantly share this with someone else um, that you think might need to hear this even if it is not something that you feel like was you connected with as well with this episode there's more episodes to come so as i always close out with everybody exhale before you inhale peace and blessings everybody one love